0: Coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, as I knock my mic. It is the sixth day of August 2015, and we're going to be live here for the next hour. Joining me in a moment will be Josh Wiley, and I cannot believe that my audience is tuning into this, and not the first of what will probably be mind-numbing propaganda, talking points and smatterings of applause that we would call a political convention or a political debate. What a joke. In America, we now reside to the fact that we have two token slave classes. We have the Democratic Socialist Party and we have the Republican Authoritarian Slash Fascist Party. Well, they're all kind of both fascists in a way but it just just really depends on you know who you want to deliver the fascism do you want somebody in a pantsuit like hillary clinton to deliver you fascism or would you like for it to be somebody like um i don't know the donald which uh for anybody that has any idea out there and this will be one of the topics that we cover tonight um bernie sanders is not gonna win folks he is the Ron Paul of the Democrats. He's the one that's uh, spouting somewhat reasonably, um, let's say, um, you know, reasons for alarm, so to speak, in America. Now, his solutions, we can just turn over to, as Ryan or Adam Curry and John Dvorak call it, the Gitmo Nation East and see what's going on over there. So, yes. He would love to bring some socialism to us because it works so well in Greece. It's working fabulously in Spain and in Italy, and it works so well in every other foreign foreign nation. So why not bring it here? Because they don't have any financial trouble or anything like that. So I got a Bernie Sanders clip where he announced that he's going to be running for president. We're also going to get into uh, pre-crime, which is... Now becoming uh, hot and heavy with the the meatheads that consider themselves to be the public servants that supposedly protect us. And they will all get fancy gadgets and be able to track and trace us everywhere so they will be able to do their jobs better. Sorry, guys. Statistics only give you the answers to the things that happened in the past. It doesn't give you a future predictor. And you can ask anybody that has ever created an algorithm that will tell you that. So... We've covered that. We've covered Bernie Sanders. We're going to get into the real deal, the real, quote-unquote, New World Order. And um, anytime I say that, I feel kind of weird because it's such a commonplace now. But it's, uh, it's very hard to define, so we're going to define it for you. We will define for you what the, the global comptrollers and the reason that uh, the socialist ideas never work is because it's always keeping you separated from the, the quote-unquote millionaires and billionaires. That's really not who you need to worry about. The millionaires and billionaires actually create jobs for most of us. Who you would need to be worried about, and you'll never hear it from Bernie Sanders or any other idiot out there that's running for political office, Except for maybe one guy, Ron Paul, that said it. And that is how about the actual money that we use? There's an idea to look at. Where did this shit come from? Who created it? Who gives it out to everybody? So that's what we're going to get into tonight. We're going to get into the real deal. Um, I think that what we should now call ourselves is the Arbiters for Freedom uh, cutting through the memes and offering you a very succinct uh, view of the world using grammar, logic, and rhetoric, those things that were taught in public school up until the 1950s, to discern what's really going on and hopefully, if we have all of our ducks in a row, we'll be able to offer up some solutions. So now, joining me with that being said is Josh Wiley of statelesshomesteading.com. Josh, thanks for coming on board, man.
1: Well, Jake, as always, thanks so much for having me. Uh, you're uh, real fired up tonight, aren't you?
0: Well, I think that it's because of the, the Republican hoopla got me all excited. You know, I just... I, I, any time that I get to i
1: mean I, I get excited looking at donald trump too don 't worry it 's not a gay thing it 's just it just happens
0: well i mean he just, he's just he's such an imposing <laughs> he 's an imposing figure and um, you know what really cracks me up is that um, is that um, what 's his name Rick santorum didn 't make the debate i don 't think and all these other nobodies. Oh, that so no, oh it is sad you know I, I bet if Mitt Romney wore his special Mormon underwear that he would have made it this time. So, uh, feel free, everybody. Oh,
1: Praise Joseph Smith.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I am sorry, everybody, but um on we are not cattle. We we don't pull any punches when it comes to the idea of. Um,
1: <laughs> we're uh, not Mormon either, evidently. <laughs> yeah, that,
0: and we're not uh, we're not really Christian. So, you know, if that's gonna bother you guys, you might want to tune off. But um, yeah, we just kind of we take things that we know a lot about and we'll break those down and all the other. Um, all the other topics that usually get um, pushed around in media and pushed around in in social circles, we tend to stay away from because uh, we would use the Socratic method when dealing with anybody that has a, a, a staunch religious um, perspective, uh, and and we don't really pull any punches when Muslims, Christians, whatever but uh, looking at it as a methodology of control is all we ever looked at it as, or as um, gubernare or the government would be considered. Uh, Josh, what is the Latin translation for gubernare or government?
1: Well, gubernare is uh, control of or steering of. Some people will say it's in relation to a ship only, but clearly it's not because they put it, you know, as the base of this root word. And um, mentis or mens is uh, mind. So government quite literally means to control the mind,
0: Uh, Oh Come on, man. Those are good people up there. Chris Christie is a good person. (laughs) All right, well, I mean, maybe if you're running like a sizzler or something like that, he's a good person. Clearly
1: has a lot of (laughs) self-control.
0: But you know what? If you don't exercise self-control on drugs that are deemed legal by the state, uh, due to the tenth amendment. He doesn't care. He's gonna sick the feds on you anyway. But uh, let's not get talking about the Republicans because you know what, they're all a bunch of fascists anyway, and um and I do want to mention a story that um that I saved for the show. So I teased Josh with it a little bit earlier. So I was in a forum uh last night and there was a gentleman that had um the hashtag or the name, uh his name was Feel the Burn. And for those of you that don't know, that's kind of a hashtag that goes around with Bernie Sanders. And we'll get into Bernie Sanders and socialism here in a little bit and and why it's kind of dangerous. But, you know, if the American people want to buy it, then that's fine with me. Just don't include me in all of your crazy hoopla. So we get into a, a conversation and, um, and I mentioned something about, well, I just want to – You know, waste your time like uh, and, you know, I want to take steal your time like your socialist um, savior wants to steal my wealth and redistribute it to everyone else. And so we went from there and he said, well, Bernie Sanders fights the corporate elite that rule through a one world government. And I said, wow, that's pretty that's a pretty interesting concept. Um, Do you know who rules that one world government? And Josh, if I were to ask you, just throw out. Three names of, of a groups that may be involved in in pushing this idea of a planetary political system and a planetary um, culture together. Who would you say would be three groups, just off the top of your head? I'm not quizzing you. Groups, huh. or, or, well, just, course, or just or just Three three entities would that would influence No, just three. You know, just three entities that would influence the idea of world government.
1: Hmm. Uh, I would certainly say the Anglo-American Establishment.
0: Okay, ding. There's number one.
1: There we go. Um, Hmm. How far back to antiquity are we extending No, 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 no. no.
0: Just just name off anything. I mean, it can just be quasi-related. It doesn't even have to be, like, a direct lineage. Like, the Council on Foreign Relations uh, would be a good one.
1: Yeah. Well, based on just, uh, I guess, the nomenclature of the day, I would say probably the Rothschild.
0: Okay, there you go. There's another one, ding.
1: Okay, there we go. Um, I, I'm, I guess I'm trying to guess what this guy would would have said. So, and the Rockefellers. Okay. Three.
0: So here was his answer. I don't know. Wait, <laughs> I said, excuse me? So you just told me that there's a one-world government run by corporate— el- and he said, well, it's corporate elite and, and politicians. And I said, so can you name a few? He's like, no, I don't really spend a lot of time on it, but I know that's what's going on.
1: No, I know it's just the history of enslavement on this planet, but I didn't spend a lot of time on it. Go Bernie.
0: It <laughs> was exactly what it you know, was.
1: you just— I- i just don't want to have to think about hard things jake i just i just want to send this old guy to the white house and i want him to fix my problems for me is that too much to ask no but i, I think kick back you... kick back and sit my gym beam and, and watch the dolphins man Come
0: well on. so so here is uh i think you made a very good <laughs> point yesterday when we were chatting on the phone and for those of you that don't know josh and i spend a lot of time uh connecting with each other throughout um throughout the days and sometimes a couple of days will pass but um anyway all that stuff aside uh, I think you made a really good judgment about um, what was the difference between the millennials that were the Ron Paul supporters and the millennials that are the Bernie Sanders. You had um, you had a very good breakdown of that.
1: Hmm, I, I think we actually mentioned this uh, last show, uh, in, uh, but it was an overdrive, so our live listeners might not have caught it. But uh, just essentially that we have two generations, or the same generation is now being you know offered up these two presidential candidates, both of whom at their core are ostensibly claiming to fight the same centralized group of power elite, Um, whereas their solutions are radically different. One says, you know, let's, uh, uh, has a very traditional tax and spend welfare socialist model, whereas the other is far more of the Austrian ilk and presumably would have you inherit the responsibility uh, of some kind of grand American default or post American era as opposed to, you know, stealing from Peter to PayPal as as so many people say.
0: What what was that, that R word that, 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 that you mean, what a, was that R word that you used? Sorry? What was the R word that you used? Um response, uh, response I, I I don't even think Americans can say that anymore. <laughs> like e oh, self ownership, self responsibility, I mean I mean, there. There's yeah, well, the
1: sad thing is, the sad thing is, Jake. I, I think that a lot of these kids, especially like, you know, the somewhat politically active, as in not really politically active, but I watch Jon Stewart sometimes, College Crowd, mm-hmm. and that's the vast majority of them. Uh, I would say that a lot of the same people supporting Ron Paul on college campuses in 2012 are the very same people or similar people. They're now. Supporting Bernie Sanders in 2016, yeah. not the core of either of these movements. Obviously, you know the, those people know what they're in it for, and at least you would hope would have a greater understanding of history and the, the ideological you know, underpinnings of, of the thing that they're supporting. But I, I think it's far more, almost a general kind of political feeling. Mm-hmm. As opposed to necessarily something specific and defined, like an ideology or a platform, even.
0: Well, um, I well, don't
1: know. I don't know about you, but
0: well, I, I see how, the, how you feel about that. Well, I see these. I, I, I see these memes crop up a lot, and there's a couple of friends of mine that are on Facebook that, that like to use memes, and I, I always, and this is one of my um, one of my little pet peeves. For anybody that ever follows me on Facebook, um, anytime I see a meme, I will typically share it and ask a question that will basically completely demolish the meme so there was a there was a meme that went around the other day uh, regarding uh, firearms and talking about you know after Sandy Hook blah blah blah, all this other stuff that we couldn 't you know get common sense gun control, and then the very next meme that came up, so I left that one alone actually, I got no big. I got a big scuffle with a guy verbally that didn't want to question the official story. Remember, the official story, people, is just the story that the officials agree on. So keep that in mind. Remember, if we're using grammar, logic, and rhetoric, the official story is the story that the officials, officials have agreed upon to tell you. So moving past that. We got into or there was a there was another meme that came out and it talked about how many gun deaths the uh, that America has suffered in the past uh, since 2001. And the question that I asked, which was pretty valid, was how many of these were gang related? And how many were people protecting themselves? See, those are the two questions that that will stop a meme like that in its tracks And there was no response. There was no retort. Everybody just kind of that's when I guess the thread kind of stopped because you you can't argue with with feelings. And that's what America is based on. And I and I harp on this all the time, but it's the it's the public education system that we get that we're taught how to how to act with emotion (laughs) rather than act with common sense. And that's a big problem because we're not taught common sense anymore, whether it's from your parents or whether it's from, you know, whether it's from the group that you grew up with. Now you're just set in front of the television. You're thrown in front of uh, an authority figure for eight or nine hours a day. You listen to the authority figure. You do what the authority figure says. And then when you pop out of college, you go, okay, who's getting me a job? Because you've had no self-governor to understand how to create things for yourself. You haven't been able to create your own identity. You haven't been able to create your own thoughts. You've been just regurgitating what people have been saying your entire life. And now you pop out and you're like, okay. And maybe that's why Bernie sounds good. Because if you look at all these, oh, it's the rich people. It's the billionaires. America's got more billionaires than they ever did. Yeah. Have you looked at inflation, guys? The millionaires that were the millionaires that were making like you know fifteen twenty five million dollars in the eighties are now worth billions of dollars because their money has been depreciated probably by about ten percent if not more. So it, it's not even a fair con- it's not even a fair comparison to say, oh well we just need to tax the rich. Well yeah it's the it's the old socialist philosophy. But I do want to get into this idea of socialism, Josh. And from your perspective and after, oh, sorry, Jake. after yeah go ahead well, and go I ahead if, yeah real quick, go ahead
1: I I did want to mention because you brought up a really interesting point about the the nature of memes in our culture today and mm-hmm. how frustrated you get by them Yep I I'm constantly reminded you know looking back on the history of media that a lot of people don't analyze and it, getting back to this root of our political identities or most people's political identities being defined by emotional kind of uh, platitudes as opposed to any kind of context or history. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing that people, people aren't regaining their autonomy in that capacity, and I think a part of that has to do with uh, the medium by which people are educated today. We live in a, a screen-based society, and we have since, I would argue, the, the 1950s, uh, probably the 60s in a more pervasive way, uh, where people sit in front of a glowing screen, Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard Dawkins, uh, when he coined the term meme or, and I was in the eighties in his, uh, no, oh, I forget the title of that book. Um, but he essentially, uh, equivalented a, a meme with a mind virus. Uh, he said it was just something, you know, quippy and catchy that would just kind of self-replicate
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, We see, and now the meme has the perfect propagation tool, which is the Internet. And again, I'm reminded of uh, Marshall McLuhan, uh, that that statement, the medium, is the message. Mm -hmm. So if our medium now is the Internet, and a lot of people's uh, medium through which they, they use the Internet is Facebook, which is laden with these memes. Yep. Uh, it 's more about it 's more about which mind virus is is popular in propagating that week as opposed to what you as an individual think or feel about any given topic in having after having looked at facts and looked at the history and looked at the content
0: well that would be that would be using forensic history to get an idea and determine what we can expect out of uh, future events. And that would be, um, as they as they like to say, a conspiracy theory. In, in modern day America, if you if you look at forensic history and 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 judge a, a f- perhaps a nation state by what a nation state is doing and the way that they're acting and the policies that they're implementing, that's why I say all this hoopla doesn't matter. People, at the end of the day, we're going to get fascism. Whether you like it or not, it's just depending on which kind of, you know, who's going to deliver it to you. Is it going to be uh, a lady in a in a pantsuit or is it going to be a um, a strong jawed, um, you know, male? It, It really doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we're always going to get fascism. And the reason that we are is just because you have people that don't care. You have people that don't want to try to fight fascism because it's easy to lay down to fascism until it's too late, and then, and then you have authoritarianism, and which is where we're we're basically headed into a into a into an age. I, I would call it the the age of digital authoritarianism, where everybody can henpeck everybody else from a digital standpoint. And then also you can have cameras track and trace you everywhere. You can have the police show up just on a suspicion that um, that you may commit a crime. All of these different things are, are now coming to fruition and they're being rolled out into our society. Like it's just, you know, hey, this is this is the next iteration of freedom where it where it is not even remotely close to what this nation state was founded on, nor was it. Nor is it going to be prosperous for anybody. If anything, we're all going to turn into a bunch of narcissistic ninnies that just run around and henpeck each other to get five bucks. Ooh, I turned my neighbor in. I got twenty dollars from the government. I turned him in what what was he doing? I saw him flick a cigarette out the window. Or is just something like that. Josh, what do you what do you think? Do you do you think that we may go down uh, an avenue like that in America or are we already there? Is probably a better question.
1: No. <laughs> um, uh, excuse my French, but we're balls deep, man. I what else? What else? Can, what else can one say? You just look around you, um, and as you know, you're getting there. Whether you take the, you know, which no matter which fork in the road you take, the both roads ultimately lead, you know, back to zero, off the cliff, wherever you, whatever nice place you want to imagine, or not so nice place you want to imagine, it leads you. That's where both of these paths inevitably end up mm-hmm. uh, what we're facing now is is not a new type it's not a new idea in the sense of uh, complete dictatorship but the methods are are certainly new because these people have new newer toys to play play with so in the past you might have had something like feudalism you know where everyone is kind of a serf to the landowner and if the landlord doesn't like uh, the look that you gave him that morning then you know, you better pack up your stuff and, and head to the next town because uh, you're probably not going to have a place to live the next morning. Um, now, obviously, that would seem somewhat barbaric in, in modern Western society, even though it happens all the time, especially, you know, through, through things like eminent domain or the, the outright, you know, uh, foreclosure of houses, uh, the the controlling of loans in the first place, whether right. or not you you get to own a home at all. How uh, how about how about the,
0: what about real estate as opposed to actually owning the land
1: versus a title? Absolutely, this is something that we talked about uh, on or briefly mentioned at least on the podcast that we recorded at Stateless Homesteading okay. a few weeks ago. Can you can but, you
0: break that down for sorry? people? Can you break that down really briefly for people that don't have any idea what we just said?
1: Oh, sure. So uh, real estate is uh, I guess legally defined as everything above the dirt. Uh, it's the house that you know sits on the land, the trees, you know, the uh, whatever you put on top of it, that's real estate, whereas allodial title is ownership of the earth itself. And this is why uh, every time you you're supposed to, at least uh, every time you break ground on you know some kind of project, be it a basement, uh, or a well or a septic system you're for the most part required to identify to to notify the government where because they are the true possessors of the allodial title of your land in Correct. most cases mm-hmm. uh, yeah where, whereas if you actually maintained that allodial title uh that would not be the case but of course this hasn't happened in this country since
0: the 1800s but well- And and it's kind of the it's. I guess this will kind of springboard us into um, the difference between you know fascism, capitalism, and and a couple of these other you know philosophies when we're talking about economics and um, you know social socialism is a is an economic principle and I think that people get the socialization and socialism kind of confused. Uh, Socialization would be. Would be the the idea of corralling a group and making them um, have basically groupthink, whereas um, socialism is, is the idea of uh, heavy taxation in order to redistribute the wealth um, equally uh, among all members of society, no matter what your what your job would be, or at least to to bring the the riffraff up to a a um, a state of you know I guess comfortable living. Which, the only problem with socialism is that, or not one of the only, excuse me, is that typically socialism is dominated by a ruling class. And there is no way that you can kind of skirt that idea. And, you know, maybe with these people in their zeitgeist computers that want us to do eco-fascism or eco-socialism can make it happen. But, um Josh, what would you say is another good... um uh, benchmark of a uh, a socialist society.
1: Well, I would simply say it's about the redistribution of wealth. Uh, you know, there. I guess there's there's various splinter groups within socialism. If you want to be specific, oh, yeah. there's more egalitarian socialism that says shared equal, equally. You know, there's national socialism that says give it to the military and the productive industrial members of society that are going to promote that militaristic strength. Mm-hmm. You know, then there's. It, it, we could branch off into even things like anarcho syndicalism that are certainly socialist in character, but don't necessarily advocate a centralized governing body. Correct. But they all—they all, they all under have these same principles as their philosophical underpinning.
0: So I guess so that, that the, that's
1: the distinction that I would draw. But but you mentioned the Zeitgeist folks. Yep. Sorry, Jake. Uh, no, the, no, no. They may very well get their wish uh, because while Bernie Sanders may very well uh, not be. You know, gracing the, the White House, the steps of the White House uh, as president anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, this kind, this old school Jacques Fresco eco science uh, reboot of uh, you know the old old school ecosystem, Buckminster Fuller. Yeah, uh, and, and yeah, these. I'm kind of rambling right now. No, 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 no. no. All, right, right, all right, all right, all
0: right. Well, let's let's give people not, some con- let's give people some context. Okay, so the ecosystem meme, uh, which I guess started when when was the when was the book Mister Fuller stuff back in the seventies, the early seventies, late sixties.
1: Yeah, sixties and seventies. I, I think the uh, the term ecosystem was coined by a British general uh, yeah. by the name of Smuts. get
2: yeah.
1: his first name. Um but and uh the, there's another british gentleman who coined the term holism
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that was uh, uh, another uh symbiotic kind of had a symbiotic relationship with uh, the development of the philosophy of the ecosystem um both of which held that um you know n- the model of nature was oh, was stable and perfect because it had predators and it had prey and it was this uh, Arthur Tansley cycle. Arthur and, Tansley uh, was the guy's that name? Yeah, Arthur Townsley. That was it.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And uh, Arthur Townsley, who coined the term holism, said that the British Empire is is analogous to the to the top of the food chain in the global geopolitical sphere. Mm-hmm. So geopolitics to the to these people is also like an ecosystem.
0: Correct. Mm-hmm. And it goes into – and if you guys look up ecosystem, there's um, – it goes into the the whole idea of the energy and the carbon cycle and all this stuff. and But the, what we're seeing with the – with what I call the eco-fascists um, are – is like a reboot of, of this idea that was pushed back in the 60s and 70s. And it was pushed by John P. Holdren and these guys, but what they thought was going to be a, a mini Ice Age – uh, turned out to be the idea that well, we can just get people to buy into the idea of global warming uh, because we can show a little bit of a trend and then and so once the trend started to fall apart because the actual and this is where I get and once again this is what the uh, if you can imagine what do you think that the uh, the person on the message board said, Josh, when I said that that climate change uh, isn 't real?
1: No, you science denier. No, no, no. He you told me, he, t- he
0: told me, this is his exact words. He said, No, just Google it. It's real. And I said, How about I just read primary source documents written by the White House science czar that said the earth was probably going to freeze 30 years ago or 40, 45 years ago? And now he's telling you the <laughs> earth is going to burn up? And his same doomsday guy talked about a population bomb back in the 1970s that never happened. And he said, well, the world is full of too many people. He started throwing every meme I could ever imagine. at. I thought he was a shill. Every meme I could ever imagine. He's like, well, the world is overpopulated. And I said, do you understand what a replacement the rate average
1: is? American.
0: Well, and that's why we're kind of talking through it here, because people, you need to understand when these talking points get thrown at you by the Bernie Sanders crowd and like I said, um, I will not be participating in the in the, uh, three-ring circus that will be the presidential election next year. So I, I don't have to worry about it. And, oh, yes, and if I don't do my part and vote, then I don't get to complain. I do get to complain because even if you do vote, your vote is probably scammed by a machine anyway. I actually met a, a gentleman that worked for a company that provided the quote-unquote voting machines. And he said, Josh, he said it's written in, in Windows – it was written in Windows NT, and it had a USB port that was unprotected on the side. He said, so if anybody yeah, wanted so, to, they could totally hack the machine and rig the voting.
1: Yeah, H- HBO released a documentary in 2006 called Hacking Democracy, and they they followed Diebold uh, and their saga of a uh, hacked voting machine and, and dug up actual physical evidence of this occurring in the 2004 election in the state of Ohio.
0: Right, so um, getting back to... Yeah,
1: the, the central... The central tabulation machine is based on Windows NT, and uh, the, it can be not the, on the machine. The voting machine itself, Mm-mm. you can plug in a, a USB drive, for example, to, to start a candidate at negative ten thousand votes. <laughs> so the tabulator will give you a, a, a final vote count that is correct, but the percentage will be off. Right, uh, and then if that doesn't work, the the central tabulation machine at the next level that compiles these things uh, at the county and then the state level to be spat out for, you know, either in the Electoral College mm-hmm. at the national scale. Um, th- there's another layer uh, there, again, programmed in Windows NT, that someone has direct access to. So there's at least two points that we know of that you're, at which your data or your voting data could be manipulated. And we already have evidence that both of these, these things have occurred in national elections. So, I mean, to anyone out there who, who naively believes that the system is, can be fixed or is worth fixing or, you know, your vote counts in some, some way or political action counts in, in, in terms of voting, as it's just it's time to grow up. I'm sorry.
0: All right, here we go. So this is what we'll all have at the end of the day, and I haven't used this in a couple of A system
1: through. of government characterized
2: by extreme dictatorship.
3: Oh, I see. It's uh, fascism.
2: Fascism.
3: Wonderful.
0: Yes, and that's what we will get at the end of the day for all of you that want to, hey, and I said at the end of the day, Josh, in a very, very that's pertinent, n- that is acceptable. Number four. <laughs> <laughs> all right, for those of you that uh, that don't get the joke, um, we'll, we'll re-listen to the show, and you always try to catch yourself making... Uh, silly stalls So I, I say um a lot I've said at the end of the day a couple of times So we're working through this trying to give you guys a better product But moving back to We all have our verbal picks, that's for sure We do And Moving back to what I was saying before about the, the eco-fascists That told me that you know global warming was happening And just to google it and all these other things When when you start Talking to people that, that tell you Things like that you need to ask some questions Like when he started telling me that The world was overpopulated. I asked him. I said, okay, well, what is the replacement rate of the United States? And what's the replacement rate of Japan and Germany and and all of Western society? He said, what's a replacement rate? So he told me the world was full of too many people and we need to get rid of them. I mean, this guy was literally, Josh, he was literally laying out the New World Order plan for me and didn't even realize it. He's like, look – we just need to go to socialism. There's too many people. We need to worry about global warming. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you are like my worst nightmare. How did you even, how do you even come to these conclusions? But then when we look at it, it's all around them. They're very, they're very susceptible. Uh, you've been conditioned to basically accept anything from authority. Uh, science is, you know, scientism is, a, is an authority now. And so now that anything the scientists say, no matter who funds the study, that goes. And then they throw out the, the 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 um the fallacious argument of statistics, and you know last year was the warmest year on record, even though NASA said there was a thirty percent chance that it was, and um, NOAA said there was a like a twenty eight percent chance that it was. So if somebody came up to you and said, "Hey, Josh, you have a twenty eight percent chance of living. What do you think that your chances are? Not too great." <laughs> But you know what? They just buy into it, people. So we're going to uh, – Josh, you want to close out on the eco-fascists, and then we can kind of move away from these people. They, they really do get my blood boiling.
1: Well, just that it's coming to a city near you if it's not already there. I mean, and this is a global program. I wrote an article uh, that went a little bit viral, uh, I'm happy to say, because I think it's important information, about the nature of Agenda 21 uh, throughout uh, Asia sustainable development, but specifically China, uh, and this kind of ties into the notion of pre-crime that you were talking about earlier. Today, we're going to get into that, uh, one in that China
2: is,
1: Yeah, China is rapidly erecting these smart cities en masse, uh, and uh, a number of them are actually, they're partnering with IBM Analytics, who are the same people who uh, make uh, the law, predictive uh, law enforcement software that uh, cops are now using here in America at least uh one of the many different forms of this software that they're using in America. Um, so this is a global program. Uh there's virtually no resistance to it uh at any national or supernational level. Uh, so again, it is uh coming to uh coming to a city or township near you as uh, like guys people Jacques Fresco fans rejoice. Uh, I just uh hope you know what it is you're getting.
0: <laughs> well, and and with that we can shift gears into this minority report esque kind of world that we're we're going to be living in and there was a um there was an article that i found on it, it was it was really interesting it was and i haven't even double checked this so um for those of you that listen to the show that live in philadelphia you can double check this for me and um maybe do some digging and find out uh what's behind all this, but it says, is minority report coming to Pennsylvania? It says state plans to sentence convicts based on crimes they might commit someday. And he, he goes into the the Tom Cruise kind of stuff. It says Pennsylvania is on the verge of becoming one of the first States in the country to base criminal sentences, not only on the crimes that people have convicted of, but on whether they deemed likely to commit those additional crimes, says the website of five thirty reports. As early as next year, judges could receive statistically-derived tools known as risk assessments to help them decide how much prison time, if any, to assign. So, I mean, it goes on and on, and Josh and I will get into this a little bit further. But we're setting ourselves up for the idea that technology will save us. And it's very, very dangerous, people. I sell technology for a living and can i can i can i let everybody in on a little hint it fucking breaks a lot so if you want to trust the rest of your life to a bunch of computers that are passing ones and zeros back and forth and have packet collisions and have um bad scripts in in the coding if you guys want to go for that then by all means but anybody that knows anything about computers is saying no 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 where the authority figures are the people that have no clue on how any of this stuff works, like the stupid congressman that said the Internet was a bunch of tubes, well, just
1: I mean, it's not a dump truck, Jake. You can't just put things on it) <laughs>
0: It is terrifying. The Internet of Things, people, is terrifying. Do not subscribe to the Internet of Things. That is the end of your human existence. I know Cisco is going to make it sound fun. I know IBM is going to make it sound fun. I know everything being connected is going to be great. I know they're going to tell you about how they hacked a Jeep, but they didn't tell you they got $80,000 for running the actual op. It was a hit piece on Jeep. I mean, give me a break people sorry josh i kind of got a little bit i i I, that kind of stuff drives me nuts it's like well we'll just no, and we'll just hey we'll just have the and 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 the natural progression people if you can follow the bouncing ball of logic is well we don't need a judge we got the computer the computer told me that you were going to commit a crime tomorrow so you're done lights out
1: judge and judge and jury supplanted by algorithm of course always forgetting that you know behind uh Behind those lines of code is a human programmer that is making those decisions now and as, as we you know kind of uh, transition into a society where we're far more focused on artificial things like artificial intelligence you know it it, uh, it may not even be a human being making those decisions but at the same time you know that that AI can be uh, I guess conditioned in very much the same way that a human can to, to select or deselect or focus on or not focus on any given parameter, set of parameters, mm-hmm. especially when you're talking about things like, uh, you know, morality and human values, uh, especially in, in cases of, uh, you know, if you want to enter the legal labyrinth or
2: mm-hmm. are forced
1: into the legal labyrinth and have it being, uh, having to make those decisions or have them forced onto you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I don't know if that, that's necessarily a good idea, you know, because at, at the highest levels, and this is what the mystery school uh, at least the, the highest levels of the initiative of the Mystery School claim to say is that uh, at the highest level, mathematics is, is an art form uh, and that art is the true God, uh, which it, it, to a certain extent gets back to why they're constantly redefining language for us uh, because language too is an art form. So if, if you're constantly redefining language, then you can constantly be uh, keeping humanity within the same feedback loop. Because every time they start to figure things out, you just, you know, switch the dialogue up. You kill a few, you know, million of them, and, and you start over. And we're, the mathematics offers very much, you know, the same possibility where these numbers can be made to do or say just about anything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and that goes for, you know, statistical analysis and things like climate change uh, or the more grandiose visions of, is pre-crime software or uh, creating a world where we have a balanced energy load and we're all going to be connected to our smart meters and and your coffee machine has Wi-Fi. People, your coffee machine, I'm sorry, it doesn't need Wi-Fi. I know you think it does. I know you think it'd be real cool that you could put on your Frappuccino maker uh, while you're getting home from work in your car on your iPhone. You know, maybe just use your Ford Edge or whatever it is and do the Voice Connect deal. You know, have yourself a nice hot cup of joe waiting. Uh, it's not worth it in a world where uh, utility companies are universally putting on smart meters on the sides of houses uh, that record this activity ad hoc and send it to who knows where. Um, but at least we know your state government and uh, your your utility company will be looking at this information from there. Of course, I'm sure it will be entered into a plethora of databases. Uh, I don't know if you've had that experience. Yet, Jake. But uh, we recently had a smart meter installer uh, come to the door when I was downstate visiting for a couple days, um, and uh, th- this guy was uh, clearly tuning us out because it was a speech that you could tell he'd heard a few times before.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a that's a good sign. So. You know, let's take it a step further, and and we'll t- we'll talk about the the reason this pre-crime is so dangerous, and it's because of remember anything that's going to happen to you us here in the U.S. Uh, everybody, pay attention to Europe because Europe, especially London, uh, London's like the the bas- basically like the beta test or the alpha test, and then it kind of gets propagated through everywhere else so here is david cameron speaking a couple of weeks ago uh, talking about internet companies and uh, extremists so remember and i know that this is hard for some people to grasp because you know every nobody wants to think of themselves as an extremist but william benny put it best the nsa whistleblower he said you don't get to describe or you don't get to you don't get to determine who's an extremist the central government does. So you could be somebody that doesn't like to eat meat. That's extreme to them. And so here we go. Here's David Cameron talking about the future of, uh, of Internet censorship and, and Internet um, conspiracy theorists. And then we'll go to – actually, I'm going to play this clip first. And then we'll go to the conspiracy theorists.
3: And we need our Internet companies to go further in helping us identify potential terrorists online. Many of their commercial models are built around monitoring platforms for personal data, packaging up, and sending it on to third parties. And when it comes to doing what's right for their businesses, they're happy to engineer technologies that track our likes and our dislikes. But when it comes to doing what's right in the fight against terrorism, we too often hear that it's all too difficult. Well, I'm sorry, I just don't buy that. They've shown, the internet companies have shown, the vital work they're doing in clamping down on child abuse images, that they can step up where there's a moral imperative to act. They've done brilliant work. but well, it's now time for them to do the same to protect their users from the scourge of radicalization. Ooh, the scourge of radicalization through the Internet.
0: Uh, I'm sorry, but if you are susceptible to being radicalized through the Internet, you were already probably pretty serial to begin with. And I don't think that that was going to do anything to bring you back down to earth as to hop on the Internet. So, Josh, um, I got one more clip, and then I want to get your response to both of these, okay? Sure thing. All right, here we go. And uh, this is about uh, you and me, the, um, the people
3: that don't believe known liars, conspiracy theorists. But you don't have to support violence to subscribe to certain intolerant ideas which create a climate in which extremists can flourish.
0: Ooh, we're creating a climate where extremists can flourish. Josh, aren't you excited?
1: Would you call us us climate changers, Jake?
0: We might be. We might be climatologists. We might be able to get uh, on one of those boards and (laughs) and start changing the earth. Everybody hold your breath for ten minutes, and um, we'll save the earth. Ideas which are
3: hostile to basic liberal values, such as democracy, freedom, sexual equality. Ideas which actively promote discrimination, sectarianism, and segregation. Ideas like those of the despicable far right, which privilege one identity to the detriment of the rights and freedoms of others. And ideas also based on conspiracy, that Jews exercise malevolent power, or that Western powers in concert with Israel are deliberately humiliating Muslims because they aim to destroy Islam. In this warped worldview, such conclusions are reached.
0: Even though top scholars wrote books describing exactly what he just said, but you know what? Screw it.
3: But nine eleven. I don't. Know. Was I was say- inspired by Mossad. Oh,
0: hold on a second. All right, I'm going to skip that back. That's that's the that's the that's the winner. All right, what were you saying, Josh?
3: Mm. I was just going to say I don't know if either
1: of those actually necessarily characterize uh, even the broad, you know, mainstream of conspiracy you know ideology accurately
0: I would say that the ancient aliens theory is probably more of a conspiracy than what he just mentioned but you know there <laughs> you go here we go so here, here's the gold everybody get ready Josh and I are going to pre-crime jail
3: Evan was actually inspired by Mossad oh, 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 oh. to provoke the 9/11 was actually inspired by Mossad to provoke the invasion of Afghanistan or that British security services knew about 7-7, but didn't do anything about it because they wanted to provoke an anti-Muslim backlash. And like so many ideologies that have existed before, whether fascist or communist, many people, especially young people, are being drawn into it.
0: Yes, yeah, so said by the fascist himself. So I like how he conflated everything where it was like, oh, well, 9-11 was set up by Mossad to go invade Afghanistan. no. That was to uh, invade iraq and and yeah, that's that's pretty documented. If we can get those twenty eight pages uncovered, we'll probably see that the Mossad worked with Saudi Arabia to at least stand down during the attacks or at least kind of spearhead these things. But you know what? splitting hairs. And oh, by uh, the
1: way, I, I highly doubt that's in the twenty eight pages. But come
0: on, Josh, it's <laughs> in there. It's in there. Listen. Listen. All we got to do is declassify it, and then we'll have the answers to nine eleven. Even though we already have the <laughs> answers, even though we already have the answers financially, which is probably the best place to find the answers, would be why? Yeah, well, why, I, yeah go ahead.
1: I, I agree completely. Find following the paper trail, but I would, I'd have to, you know, kind of uh, uh, note the clever rhetorical trick that David Cameron plays there uh, before going on to the kind of the broader points. Of that clip that you just played, mm-hmm. in that he is discussing uh, these three groups that he keeps uh, harkening back to. One, of course, the Anglo American establishment, uh, his country, and uh, uh, the sword that America has become. Uh, these Islamic extremists, um, you know, the groups like ISIS and Al Qaeda, uh, Saudi Arabia, the Muslim Brotherhood, all of which were quantifiably either set up or assisted by British or American intelligence. And then, of course, Israel, uh, which is, uh, you know, dreamt up by Moses Hess, uh, said in the 1800s that Lord Rothschild was going to fund it. And, of course, uh, the League of Nations, we get the Balfour Declaration, uh, fulfilling that goal. Uh, it doesn't come to fruition uh, until after World War II, right. uh, where, it, where it is given, you know, a, an official stamp of royal decree and uh, American and British assistance, and that country is created, so he's... Talking about three entities that are controlled by the the primary entity that we mentioned, the Anglo American establishment. Right, so, his entity. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So, so it's this it's this rhetorical word game he's playing, where he's playing these groups off off against one another uh, in, and in an attempt to make people who research the whole of those groups and how they act together seem ridiculous. Uh, and of course, you know, people like you and I might take an offense to that, but. We're probably domestic extremists, anyway, So, who cares about us? But, I,
0: I wonder if we're. In, Jake, I, I just thought. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was I was thinking that maybe we're in a um, in a special category called the nonviolent extremists. I wonder if they have nonviolent extremist categories.
1: Yeah, but they usually get assassinated in their mid
0: forties. So. Oh, that's true.
1: <laughs> so I got ten so years. Enjoy the next decade,
0: Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's gonna come down a dirt path like they did to Bill Cooper and, and whack me. All right. Anyway, that's um one of my one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite all time researchers and um and and showman by by any stretch of the imagination. Fascinating character. Found out that he was getting played with all of this alien stuff and uh and Josh has um told me uh, although I have not been able to find it as um he's got a He's got a show that he did where he called out the informant that he had for the FBI that basically planted all this bad intel for him. So I do want to play another clip, Josh, and this is going back to the Internet of Things, the, the, new, um, the new era that we're going to live in where the computers will do everything for us and we'll be fancy and we'll all just ride around on little carts like WALL-E. Um, this was Jake, a-
1: is, this still, is this still David Cameron?
0: No, this is not David Cameron anymore. Do you have a David Cameron clip?
1: Well, not a not a clip uh, as I'm on the phone, but I did want to bring up one thing because you were you, as you were playing that David Cameron clip, mm-hmm. I was reminded that it was uh, just a couple months ago mm-hmm. that David Cameron was here in America doing a joint press conference with Barack Obama oh. about uh, the nature of uh, Islamic extremism and how uh, cybersecurity uh, should play a greater role in that, and be, uh, that our two countries should should work more closely together uh, to combat this extremism. Um, and I, I, I can't help but notice that these recent FCC regulations, net neutrality, mm-hmm. also happened to pass around the same time at which point, you know, the, the Internet will now be regulated going forward as a utility. So it's not, uh, you know, unsup- it won't be surprising in the future to find, for example, that someone who publishes a website will now have to get licensed for this.
2: Oh, of course. Um, it's
1: like a ham radio broadcaster would have to be licensed. So, Jake, do you find the timing of these events all happening at once somewhat conspicuous? And if you do find them conspicuous, how would you say that the special relationship necessarily plays into that.
0: Well, the private and public partnership, I think we've talked about that before, and I've even played the clips where oh, they had... I,
1: excuse, I'm, I'm sorry, that, though, that, though that is a very special relationship. I was referring to the historical special relationship. Uh, I believe it was Winston Churchill that coined that term, and really founded when when, when Churchill and FDR were, were so supposed, supposedly such great, you know, brethren right. working together. So... The, the relationship between British, Britain and America is termed a special relationship.
0: Oh, of course it's a special relationship because we're their little kid sister. Actually, we're the military arm for, for those guys to the most part. It's um, it's very it's very fascinating to see how how the, the Gitmo East, as we'll put it. Uh, I'm going to steal a term from Adam Curry because I think it's fantastic. Gitmo East will typically do all of their beta testing and stuff and roll that back through here. Because they want to make sure that we're um, that we're still, um, you know, minor P's and Q's over here in America. The land that we supposedly uh, gained freedom from through a bunch of aristocrats signing a big piece of paper that had nothing to do with freedom. Um, that uh, we had to get somebody to come along named Patrick Henry to actually put down on paper and say, Hey, wait, wait, wait. Uh, you guys might want to include these things, because these actually matter. All this other stuff that you're doing is just... Uh, it's just a bunch of nonsense, and it actually looks like you 're probably trying to set up the same thing that we just left. Is that a pretty good pretty good assumption Josh
1: well, it sounds absolutely accurate. Patrick Henry would be proud.
0: oh, thank you all right so now let 's talk about what they tried to do a few years ago. I caught this, and for those of you that um, are listening to the live stream right now through blog talk. Uh, Feel free to jump on over to JRevRadio.com. We're broadcasting live over there now. Uh, One of my older affiliates, I was able to get my software back up and running with them, so they'll be broadcasting my podcast. But we're probably going to go over the extra five minutes of allotted time that we have left, so you can catch the rest of the show over there. And if you do uh, download the podcast in the future or if you recommend people to download it, please give me uh, until tomorrow evening to upload the show. I typically upload high-quality audio uh, because the blog talk people um, compress the audio and it doesn't really sound that great. So. Uh, Just giving you guys some heads up there. If you wanted a good quality podcast to listen to, uh, wait till tomorrow afternoon or tell your people tomorrow afternoon to go ahead and download it then. But uh, if you can't wait, which I don't blame you because we do run a pretty entertaining show here sometimes, uh, go ahead and keep listening to us on JRevRadio.com. But Josh, do you remember this? This is a flashback. I wish I had like some kind of of way back machine music. I might have to pull that down from a... uh, from some kind of clip but here we go um this was face deals do you remember this at all oh yeah okay so for those of you that don't remember face deals was a facial recognition software that was going to directly link with facebook to give you special deals when you walked in and checked in at a department store man isn't I, i believe
1: the beta i believe the beta test is in chicago if I'm not mistaken. Oh, and they're
0: still doing this? Oh, fantastic! God, bring it on! I need some sales. Well, this is, this is,
1: yeah, this is back in 2011 or 12 when we were first hearing about it.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, so here we go. This is um, so this will probably make its way back after what Josh is saying. This will probably make its way back to us. So here we go. Face deals, everybody! Woohoo! You get spied on and tracked and traced, and you get deals. Fantastic!
2: We asked ourselves, why haven't Facebook check-ins gone mainstream?
0: I, I'm sorry, but I have to restart this clip. Notice how non-threatening this guy's voice is and how monotonous it is. It's almost like gamma wave, like sleep state stuff that your television does to you. And for those of you that care to check that out, uh, look up the sweet uh, sleep studies uh, with gamma waves and what a television does to your gamma and alpha um, waves uh, while you watch it. After about 15 minutes, you are almost totally catatonic. It's fantastic.
2: We asked ourselves, why haven't Facebook check-ins gone mainstream? Check-ins provide a powerful mechanism for businesses to deliver discounts to loyal customers.
0: Or to track and trace you.
2: Few businesses and even fewer customers are taking advantage of this out to evolve the check-in process by creating a seamless method for checking in and getting deals it's seamless face deals is an automated check-in system using passive facial recognition to notify you of in-store deals that are customized just for you cameras have been developed to identify face deals participants in a matter of seconds what about the people that aren't started? participating log in to facebook and grant face deals permission Next, verify your likeness to complete your profile. When a face is confidently recognized, the deal is set into action. Ooh, you got a deal. FaceDeals dynamically optimizes your deal based on your Facebook like history and delivers your customized deal to your mobile device all while checking you in. It's that simple.
0: It's really that simple, Josh
2: fistules. That was
0: great. The, the Panopticon is that simple, Josh. It's just that <sighs> simple. You just walk into a store, it facially scans you, and it gives you a deal. What a freaking, yeah, not, What a great country. Jake,
1: I, think this, I think this gets back to a fundamental issue that we have in America. I guess it's always been with us since the dawn of personal computing. I don't think people really... Truly, I mean, young and old alike... Not enough people really understand how computing and the internet work. Oh, they just not think of clue. it like a <laughs> like a utility, yeah, like a radio. Like oh, well, I turn the dial and there it is, or I turn the faucet on the water and the, and the hot water comes out, and or I click the internet floor and there's seconds. the internet. They have no conception that when Face Deals is scanning your face that. You know, that data is automatically, you know, spinning through these servers all over the country, all over the world, potentially. And it has ver- various points where that data can be siphoned off and stored for long-term usage, you know. Or it can be sold back from face deals to your local police department, who can then enter that into some crime database. And link that with a, a Tumblr post somewhere that says, yeah, I'm real mad because the cops shot my cousin. And, and because of this, you'll now be identified as a threat uh, in these, with this, this new uh, police uh, social uh, metric uh, scanning software that does exist and is in use already in this country. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't know how it's remained this way for so long, Jake, but I really do think that's the case, that people don't really... Working in the IT field, do you find that's the case? Because as a web designer... I, I know that you know when i 'm talking to clients they they really have no conception of how it works
0: Josh when I tell you yes when I tell you that most of the people that are in information technology don 't even know how this stuff works to a to a very good extent ten seconds I mean that is most of the people that are, that run companies have a pretty decent understanding of how their little niche works whether it 's Uh, network security or whether it's uh, VoIP or anything like that but some of the engineering monkeys really do know how this stuff works and it freaks them out. Like, uh, for example, anytime, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to break some breaking news for you here. Anytime that your government tells you they know exactly who committed a hack exactly who committed it, what nation it came from, even that is bullshit. Because you can IP spoof unless they actually trace the entire packet all the way back, which is highly unlikely. They're lying to you. So.
1: Well, and of course, this can, it can be routed through multiple nodes and encrypted. Correct. Uh, so yeah, no you know, way. There's even no, if you were to yeah. identify one of thousands of packets, it, it, the, the odds of it being the actual origination of the attack are slim to none.
0: Correct. You're you're finding a, a needle in a haystack the size of Montana, so best of luck to you, and and I think that you know when we get down to to the brass tacks of it, Josh, it's um, I think that the more people understood how the internet really works, uh, I think the the better off we would be, and a little bit I think the the more private people would be. I don't think that people realize that you could sit off of Port fifty sixty and just basically you know sniff every piece of data that goes through a switch, whether that switch is in a central office somewhere, whether that switch sits at Google's headquarters. Because most of those people leave that, um, even on your home router, you'll leave uh, port 5060 uh, open, except for the newer ones that come out. They'll block it. 5060 is typically used for audio. So if you were going to run like a a VPN phone or something like that, then they'll plug it into 5060. Or if you're going to run VoIP telephony, they would run it over that. Um, So... If you've got a Comcast uh, phone line in your house, guess what? You're vulnerable. Fifty, sixty is wide open, and trust me, nobody ever checks it. So, you know, enough with the nerd well, Jake, stuff. But how,
1: how, many, how many people do you think, uh, you know, I, I mean, this still works on most routers. It's 2015, and you can still walk around, whether it's an office or a home router, and type in, you know, 192.168.11, you know, the IP address of the router in question. Type in admin as the username password. and password one. as the password. And if that doesn't work, you just look up the manufacturer's specs. No one ever changes these the yeah. default settings on yeah. these things, Jake. I mean, even people in offices who should be competent and have uh, a systems administrator, administrator, to places like hospitals, yep. um and, and doctors offices where i 've been able to hop on with my laptop just because you know their their connection was secure and they and they hadn 't changed the password on on the router itself mm-hmm. i mean this is so so honestly, if you think your local cold running face deals is going to care about you know the the security of you know your facial recognition data that you 're already willfully offering up to these services, which you know is beyond me as to why anyone would do this in the first place but mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry. Take take us back home, Jake. I, I'm getting flustered with all of this. Well, I mean, panopticon, late neo feudal technocratic bullshit.
0: Well, that's what it is. It's the it's the panopticon, and everybody uh, should please do go look at pictures of the panopticon and also read about what it is, because um, we give you a lot of intel here, but sometimes we're gonna leave you with a giblet that you need to go research for yourself, because that's what we're trying to create here. We're trying to create individual thinkers. We're trying to create people that really want to find out what's going on. Where we can propel humanity. Hell, I'd love to go to the stars. I mean, I would love to set up moon colonies and space colonies. But we're too busy infighting over which politician that we would like to have. And we're too busy infighting and and not understanding where our money comes from. I mean, people, do you realize how much power we would have if nobody tomorrow spent a dollar and everything was bartered? It would... Absolutely crush the people that you know you Bernie Sanders guys really want to get. you want to get those rich people when we tell you how to get those rich people, they benefit from government bailouts, so quit bailing them out. So quit giving them reasons to take your money it 's really that simple so Josh, uh, closing comments for the show we We were kind of you know sporadic in our in our breakdowns, but I think we got to everything except for the London School of Economics. Uh, the founding of the Fabian Socialism Society, uh, Marxism, and the SDR, which is the Standard Drawing Right, which is the "quote unquote" one-world currency that they'll be using. So we'll get into all those topics another time. So last uh, last comments from you, Mr. Josh, and we'll uh, we'll wrap it.
1: Well, yeah, I'm sorry for listeners who suffered through all this with us. But I think uh, I don't know about you, Jake. I was just a tad frazzled this evening, so. Uh, I might have been a bit rambly, but I do thank people for, for sticking in there. Uh, I mean, this is uh, a topic that I know that we both really care about, not just, uh, you know, it's socialism, but this new form of socialism, technocratic neo-feudalism, as represented by things like Agenda 21 being implemented through technology. So um, I would uh, recommend that if you want to learn more about this, uh, you can head on over to my website, statelesshomesteading.com. Uh, you can also catch my work uh, if you're a reader of Activist Post or the Sleuth Journal. Uh, I, I'm typically picked up uh, on those websites at least once a week, uh, as well as a number of other blogs that occasionally feature my work, like Zen Gardner, uh, if you're a reader over there. Uh, that stuff is published under the pseudonym of Rusticus. Um, and we'll so, tell everybody yeah, the significance not, of Rusticus.
0: Not, I thought that, that was a very, uh, a very apropos pen name for you.
1: Oh, sure. Well, Rusticus is uh, still an unidentified pamphleteer of the 1700s uh, uh, who uh, posted pamphlets around uh, saying, beware the East India Company. And the opinion of Rusticus was that to fight the empire meant also fighting its corporate tentacles, and that the two were one and the same, uh, and that you couldn't get rid of one without getting rid of both of them simultaneously. Um, So it is with this spirit that we've kind of started uh, statelesshomesteading.com, and uh, it's Jake, I think that's kind of the fundamental conclusion that both of us have, have really come to in this world, is that not only are both of these monolithic entities the things that you really have to challenge, but that you have relatively little power as an individual to do anything about them on the global stage. You know, you can just kind of uh, be, be a heckler to their magician and uh, <laughs> and, and try and uh, make your life as... As individual and, aut- and autonomous as, as humanly possible
0: absolutely uh, live as free as you possibly can now, and always 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 reject ideas of collectivization and authoritarians so uh, I think that that 's a really simple concept to live by, although some people kind of get um, they get a little bit bogged down in the minutia and just uh, just remember people. That um, as soon as you start dictating to someone else how to live their life, you're you're basically putting a, a cage around yourself. At the end of the day, because it will all come back to you. Because eventually, one day, somebody won't like something that you say, or the way you say it, or how you say it, or even how you dress, or how you look, or how you appear, or even your religion. So, a- as we don't espound religion here, um, just keep that in mind. That if you're going to protect your 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 rights which would be your right to free speech, would be your right to free thought. Uh, you have to respect the rights of others. And um, sometimes that means sacrificing uh, a little bit of what you would deem as um, compromise in order to get the freedom that you want at the end of the day. So there it was, Josh. I said that just for you. So that's it for the show, everybody. Plus, double plus good, comrade. so that's it for the show everybody remember tune in next thursday for another edition of we are not cattle radio Um, as we always say here we have two catchphrases and i don't know why i have two but i think they're very important number one gather the information for yourself think about it uh, block out all the naysayers uh, formulate your own opinion and then someday you may be right and then remember as always get a friend get informed and get involved Because being involved in freedom is the only shot that we got. Take care, everybody.